0: Today's second reading comes from James chapter 4, and we're looking at verses 13 through 17. So starting at verse 13. Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, Spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone, then, knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Please keep your Bibles open at that passage in James chapter 4. We're going to spend a bit of time looking at that together now as we Uh, Consider our final topic in our Lessons from Lockdown series, which is, as Isaac has introduced for us, we are not in control. Uh, I've prayed a moment ago, but please uh, join me in prayer again now. Heavenly Father, we do pray again that you will bring bring home to us the truth of this reality, that as much as we think we're in control of our lives, that in fact you are the one who is in control, and that that might lead us to trust you all the more. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I I think it is fair to say that the way that we plan for the future now is different to what it was like before the pandemic. Back in 2011, Helena and I began planning for a family holiday to New York for 2015. So four years of planning and saving. We put aside a bit of money each month and we saved up our annual leave and we, we made plans about where we would go and what we would do. It was a long time uh, in anticipation of it, but then the time finally came and it was great. It was amazing. We got to see family who uh, Helena hadn't seen for a long time and the kids and I had never met at all. We got to visit old friends who live over there and we got to experience one of the most remarkable cities in the world. It really was a memorable experience. And then a few years ago, we had another opportunity for a big family holiday, this time to go to a family wedding in Korea. And so again, um, we saved up and we made our plans. We started booking uh, airline tickets and accommodation. Now that was planned for April, 2020. So as you can imagine, when COVID hit, all those plans kind of fell apart almost instantly. And you know it never crossed my mind to think well we'll go to korea in 2020 unless there is a global pandemic that closes international borders i wouldn't have even understood what that sentence meant and yet now that kind of contingency in planning that kind of uncertainty in our plans that's just normal so at the moment My family is trying to organise what our family Christmas party might look like. And that includes my brother and his wife coming up from Melbourne. And so of course, as we're making our plans, we have to say, well, as long as travel and gathering restrictions allow it, that kind of contingency is just normal now. And so, as I said, I think it's fair to say that the way that we plan for the future now is different to what it was like before the pandemic. And it seems to me that this experience that we've been going through these last kind of 18 months makes these words of James chapter 4 that Lawrence just read for us ring with a truth that is just so plainly obvious right now, but that we often forget or perhaps choose to ignore. That is, we live as if we are in control, but we are not. And these verses put it so simply, don't they? Let me read it again from verse 13. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. See, we we plan for the future as if the only issue is my ability to execute my plans. Sure, some of us might be more capable or confident in that regard. You know, some of us might be more confident about getting the marks that we need to get into the uni course that we want, or about getting the promotion that we hope for, or that we have the financial resources and life skills to create the kind of future that we want. of us might be more or less confident about that but but you know we are trained to think from a very young age that the future is in my hands and it's just up to me to to reach out and grab hold of it you know i'm the master of my destiny the future is mine to command and then we're surprised when something happens that kind of pulls the rug out from under us and makes it clear that actually We're not in control. And so, one of the things that this pandemic has done is it's brought home the truth of the reality that these verses tell us so simply. Things that we used to take for granted, we now realize are actually not ours to control like we thought. Our education, or our kids' education, our employment our socialising, our holidays, visiting family and friends, even our health, the the possibility of significant illness or even death. This pandemic is bringing home the reality that we so often choose to ignore, that we think we're in control, but we're not. And James goes on to tell us that the problem is not planning and organising things. This is not a criticism of being organised or or trying to plan things for the future. It's actually talking about a spiritual problem of putting God on the sidelines and overestimating our own place in his world. That is, our God-given ability to fill the earth and subdue it and to rule over the rest of creation, what God has given us to do, makes us think that we don't need God and to place pride and confidence in our own ability and in ourselves. Let me read on from chapter 4, verse 15 now. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. See, that the problem is a boasting in a misplaced pride in our own ability to chart the future. You know, when we take God out of the picture and we assume that we control the direction of our lives, or, or the length even of our lives, and we do this collectively as a humanity, I think, together, and we also do it as individuals. You know, I'm constantly in awe of humanity's capabilities, you know, particularly our technological capabilities you know when you see what computers can do now and our kind of medical advancements we can put a man on the moon and we can map the way to to bring him home you know it really is a nice feel-good movie but it's not a science fiction movie in fact what it is I think is a tribute to the indomitable human spirit it's kind of saying look at what we can do there is no limit to what we can do if we just pull together and do this It's a confidence in humanity, but the problem is when we remove God from the equation and we assume that there really is nothing that we cannot do for ourselves, there really is nothing that we can't achieve. There is no problem we can't solve, and so God becomes a forgotten observer at best. And as I said, I think we do this at a personal level too. If I can have enough money, enough health, wealth, ability, motivation then nothing can stop me and I don't need to to worry about the insecurity of having to trust God with those things that I don't know or can't control. And so our great ability and our great resources make us think that we don't need God. And then something like this pandemic happens and it turns all our self-confident assumptions on its head and it takes a special kind of deliberate willfulness, I think, deliberate willfulness to just carry on and ignore the wake up call that this should give us. And so I wanna suggest that there actually is goodness in knowing that we are not in control. And so this pandemic I think has given us a bit of a a helpful reality check in that regard. Firstly, just simply in the fact that it helps us to recognize the truth rather than pretend that it's not there but that we do spend most of our lives studiously ignoring. As I said before, these verses in James 4 speak a truth that really is just so obvious now, whether it's to do with our plans for education or employment or holidays, or whether it's to do with our health and mortality. The insecurity of those things is so much more obvious now. much more front and center now for example it it has never been a secret that every single person on the planet dies it it has always happened often even unexpectedly and, and in the middle of planning for other things that's not new to this pandemic nothing has changed in that regard but what it has done is it's kind of brought the reality or the possibility of those things and of death, particularly, a bit closer to home. Perhaps more for some of us than for others, but we're certainly more conscious of it than we used to be. Just this week, I was hearing someone from India talking about the impact that the kind of spike in COVID cases and and deaths in India that happened earlier this year, the impact that that had, and he was saying that almost everyone who lives in India or who has family there almost everyone has someone in their family who has died this person has had two people or again this week i heard someone from who lives in an affluent like a wealthy suburb in central london was saying that two people in his street have died during this outbreak and he's saying these are people who are used to thinking that their life is in their hands and under their control that money and intelligence and hard work can solve pretty much any problem that life throws at them and then all of a sudden the unavoidable reality of death kind of just confronts them it, 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 it you know hits them head on and it makes its presence felt no matter how hard we might try to ignore it because we're so used aren't we, to, to thinking about the span of our lives of my life as if that is all of reality and we can't even comprehend the fact that billions of people throughout every century before us have gone through basically exactly the same experience that we have, living the life like we do. And now they're gone and forgotten. Or maybe they're an interesting anecdote on the page of some history book. From our perspective, our life is everything. But from God's perspective, your life is like the mist that I see in the back of the waterway behind my house. I see it there in the morning, but then as soon as the sun hits it, it's gone. There will be another one there tomorrow, but I won't see that one again. And so surely there is goodness in simply recognising the truth and not burying our heads in the sand so that we put our hope in something that's a bit more certain than just my plans for for what i'm going to do next week or next year we need a hope for the future that is more reliable that will not perish spoil or fade and that will not die when i do which is why the words of one peter sorry yeah words of one peter chapter one which is just over the page in my bible are so kind of helpful and appropriate let me read from one peter chapter one verse three Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. See, when it comes to the the biggest thing, life and death, all our other hopes and securities perish, spoil or fade because we have no control over life and death. But God does and he raised Jesus to life after death and now for everyone who trusts in Jesus, he promises salvation from death that cannot be taken away because God is in control even of life and death. And so can I say that if you don't have the security in the matters of life and death that Jesus gives, then that is the most important thing that you need to sort out. We don't have control over these things, but we can trust the one who does. In fact, he has invited us to do just that, to put our trust in Jesus who has overcome death for us. If that's something that you need to do, then there is no better time to do that than today. And if you'd like to know more about that, then please let us know via the contact cards. So I think that's the first thing that is good about knowing that we are not in control. It, it simply helps us to stop pretending and to acknowledge what was already true. The second thing that is good about it is that it helps us to trust God in the day-to-day. Coming back to the passage in James that we read, this is about more than just trusting God for you know for eternal salvation. In fact, it seems to me that this is speaking to people who already do trust Jesus, but who live their life in the day-to-day and the year-to-year, just like everyone else. You know, that is, if I do have enough money, good enough health, strong enough motivation then nothing can stop me and I don't have to worry about the insecurity of having to trust God in those things and the uncertainty that 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 leaves me with because you know uncertainty about the future can be stressful right I know that you know that it can lead to anxiety and fear and who wants that we want to be in control problem is that we are not And the illusion of control disconnects us from trusting God with those things that he is in control of. And it makes it all the more stressful when cracks start to appear, the inevitable cracks start to appear, and that we realise that we're not in control, even of those things that we thought we were. I wonder if it's ever occurred to you that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, there is a line in there that is expressing our dependence on God, for the food that we need tomorrow give us today our daily bread that is literally give us today the bread of tomorrow but i wonder when was the last time that any of us didn't already have the food that we need for tomorrow or at least the money that we need to buy it but you know i've met people who live in other countries who are living close to the poverty line yes you know, certainly much more hands-to-mouth Than we are, people for whom their income really is mostly just about essential food and clothing and shelter. And yet they are so much more at peace and content in trusting God in what we would call the insecurity of their future, of their tomorrow, than those of us who seemingly have our whole lives planned out before us. It's been said before that, on average, we are the wealthiest people who have ever lived with the greatest access to medical resources and life choices and disposable income. And at the same time, we're more anxious than we've ever been. And I suspect that at least part of that for Christians is that we're so used to the illusion of being in in control that we fail to trust God with those things. You know, I used to think, that trusting God was really about kind of eternal salvation you know I'll trust God with my eternal destiny but I'll trust myself for the day-to-day things now I probably never would have put it quite like that but I think in reality that's what I was doing and sadly often still do and of course that leads to nervousness and anxiety and insecurity when my illusion of being in control starts to crumble. We need to learn to trust God in the day-to-day. And if I could kind of finish by bringing us back to a a COVID-related application, I think one of the obvious aspects of our not being in control is in regards to our health. There has always been sickness and disease, injury and death, whether it's the flu or cancer or just being hit by a car when we cross the road, there has always been a degree of medical risk just by living in this world. Maybe if we're young and healthy, we forget that. We think our kind of medical advances makes us practically invincible. But anyone who's had any kind of serious illness knows that's not true. Even before COVID, that was not true. And as far as I can tell, it's entirely likely that some degree of medical risk will continue into the future, that is some degree of medical risk from COVID will continue into the future. And so we need to ask ourselves now, what will it look like to trust God with the potential of that medical risk from COVID? What will it look like to trust God with my lack of control over my health in that situation? And so I'd like to suggest as as gently as possible, but particularly for those of us who are anxious about getting COVID, there will come a time when we need to trust God with that and to re-engage with society and with coming physically to church and Bible study, even if you're nervous about it. Now, we're currently in a moment of having to obey government restrictions and kind of working with our society around us to, to deal with this crisis moment together. But that won't always be the case. And so there may be some of us who need to acknowledge the nervousness, acknowledge the nervousness about our health, but then decide that we're going to trust God with that. Now, that might look different for us if we are in a particularly high-risk category. But for most of us, I simply want to suggest that the fact of being anxious about it the fact of being nervous about it doesn't is not the only factor to consider. You know, if I'm nervous, then that's then I need to stay away. I think we can sometimes let our fears rule us in that way. It may be that instead I need to say, yes, I'm nervous about it. But God tells me that it's good to gather for church and to encourage others and be encouraged. In fact, He commands it. And so trusting God in that situation will mean listening to what God says and obeying it, even though I am nervous. And you know, God tells us that there is peace and joy and freedom from anxiety that comes from trusting him. It comes from trusting him with those things that we are worried about, rather than just trying to control those things that we are worried about. Because we can't control them. We could get sick no matter what we do. The Apostle Paul puts it like this in Romans 15, verse 13. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you put your trust in him. See, we're not in control of the future, but God is. And he doesn't ask us to be in control, he asks us to put our trust in him. And in that trust is where we find joy and peace and hope. And that's what I'm praying for myself and for you, that God will grow us in that trust. And if this present crisis is driving us to trust him all the more because our illusion of our own control is crumbling, then thank God for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you uh, for those times and ways in which you are removing the illusion of our own control over our lives even if that is not an easy process even if it can be painful and stressful and we ask that that will drive us to trust you father please give each one of us a humility about our own place in your creation that leaves us to know our dependence on you and to live that out and we pray these things in jesus name amen